all the way from the city of Joss. A pastor, a psalmist, an apostle. <laughs> Let's welcome to the city of Abelkuta, Pastor Shane Talk Ishiako. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abekuta, hallelujah. Can I hear Ogun State? Hallelujah. Can I hear the Southwest shout hallelujah? Can I hear Nigeria shout hallelujah? Can I hear the ends of the earth shout hallelujah? Jesus is worthy of the praise. Lift up your hands one more time and let the lifting of our hands be as the evening sacrifice. We bless you, our Father. We bless you, our Father. There is none that compares to you. None is like unto you. None. Power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Say power and might be unto the Lord forever and ever. Say power and might be unto the Lord forever and ever. forever. Let the end of this conference be the declaration that your kingdom is come and that your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus glorify your name here. Do great and mighty things. Let only you be seen. Let only your name be raised as a banner high above the heavens. Let no man be glorified here. Let your spirit rule and reign. And let there be a clear sound from heaven. In the name of Jesus. Thank you our Father. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus name and all God's people shout amen. Amen. Please take your seats in God's presence. It's such an honor to be here at, you know, at the Abelkuta Believers Convention. And I want to thank God for Pastor Shola Shumakinde and everyone who has been part of preparing for this meeting. Please forgive me. Can we celebrate them? Please do that very quickly. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, while you do that, there are certain things that are in my heart by the Lord. And because we don't have so much time, please forgive me with all the protocol. Every minister of the gospel, God bless you. I truly love you and appreciate you. God bless you, sir. Such, such an honor 
to see everyone amen praise God come on praise God come on praise God now I want to honor the fact that there are several other people who are speaking in this conference um, and I want to trust God that God will need a proper tapestry of everything that everyone is saying because of course that's why we give a theme for a meeting the sound from heaven for instance is the theme for this meeting and we give a theme so that we can all drive in the same direction but I want to call our attention to a few things before I lay down the things that God has laid in my heart to say are you still with me now you will do me the favor keep your eyes on me that's the rule of teaching in scripture the Bible says and Jesus taught them and the eyes of them were steadfast upon him one of the ways you don't lose what God is saying is to keep your eyes on the teacher so whether it is me or anybody else just keep your eyes you know the Bible says that uh, that, that where Peter and John at the gate called beautiful when they saw the eyes of that man upon them and then their expectation drew him somebody's expectation is about to draw the Lord tonight so hear me very properly. I have been a student of revivals and I'm glad that I am part of this revival and I hope you know that what's happening in Abeokuta now is a revival. Okay, great. I'm glad you know it. Uh, I've been a student of revivals, but because I have not only been a student of revivals, I've been a student of the ultimate of what Jesus wants to come to harvest. Listen to me. So when I see every revival, part of the things that I do, and I trust God that this will make sense to everyone tonight, and if it doesn't to everyone, at least to the church leaders who are here. Part of the things that I do when I'm standing in the midst of a revival, or when I see God staring up a revival in my time, it's that I take it and I put it as a parallel beside the ultimate revival that Jesus will return to meet. Because scripture is very clear about the ultimate revival that Jesus will come to meet. Is somebody hearing me? Come on, is somebody hearing me? Now, it, there are two things that does for me. Number one, it makes that I am able to tell what Jesus is doing now and how closer it brings me to his return. Because the return of Jesus is not indicated by the, the decadence in the world. The return of Jesus is indicated by the readiness of his bride. Is anybody hearing me? The strongest indication of the return of Jesus in scripture is not indicated by the decadence of the world. Actually, if you are, please forgive me, I'm not going to read a lot of scriptures tonight. I'll just quote them when you get home, you have to study them. If you are a student of scripture, you'll find out that according to Romans chapter 5, the reason for the increase of decadence on the earth is so that God in the realm of the spirit can have a legal ground to increase the release of grace. Because where iniquity abounds, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I wish you heard me. Where iniquity abounds, that's why when Romans chapter 6 opened, he now said, so knowing that grace abounds, when iniquity abounds, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Then he said, God forbid. How can those of us who have been redeemed from sin now return to it? That means that the people who are responsible for the abounding of the iniquity is not us. But their causing iniquity to abound gives us a legal ground to expect greater dimensions of God's grace. 
Because God designed it such that the iniquity that abounds within the context of, the gener of a generation is the provocation of the church to enter into certain dimensions of God to answer to that iniquity. Let me say something to you. Register it forever. No darkness will come on the earth while the church is alive that the church will not have an answer for. When you register it, you stop getting perturbed by darkness. You will rejoice at the increase of darkness because it was the Lord Jesus who said, let them grow together. I wish you heard me. He had the opportunity at the beginning of the harvest to stop the tears from growing with the wheat. And his servants already came to him quickly and they said to him, Master, should we all brood the tears so that they don't grow with the wheat? And the master said, No! Let them grow together. So the increase in iniquity is not an indication that Jesus is coming. The increase in iniquity grants legality to God on the earth to increase the release of his grace upon his church. So every permission that iniquity has upon the earth is supposed to serve as a provocation for the church to enter into the dimension of God that is necessary to answer that level of darkness if you are with me say amen but like I said every time a revival begins I wish somebody is excited about that first thing are you excited about it blessed are those of us who have found light in the midst of the darkness of the world because darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness is people, then the Lord will arise upon you. And his glory will be seen in you. So hear this and hear it very carefully. I said earlier, when I see a revival happening, I put a parallel beside it as to the ultimate revival that Jesus will return to meet. And it does two things for me. Number one, it helps us know how far Jesus has gone in establishing the fullness of what he has already paid for on the cross. Because even though all things have been paid for, not everything that has been paid for has been experienced. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us that the climax point in that experience is that we will overcome death while wearing this mortality. So that mortality will give way to immortality. Is anybody hearing me? Now, until we see that experience become the vital experience of the church, all that Jesus died for has not yet been enjoyed. Because what, where I want to take you to is the sound from heaven. But this time, I don't want to speak about the sound from Acts chapter 2. I want to speak about the sound from, Revelation, from Hebrews chapter 12. Just follow me gently and I trust the Lord that we'll get there. So in the ultimates of the revivals of God, listen, I'll point out two things very quickly and then I'll take you to the sound in Hebrews chapter 12 and I'll find a place there to close. Now, please hear me very closely. Two things. The Bible says in the book of Revelations, it said the spirit and the bride say come. Why the spirit and the bride? Ephesians chapter 1 had told us that he saved us and gave us the earnest of the spirit until the redemption of the purchased possession. That means that he has bought but he has not yet redeemed or collected what he has bought because what he has bought has not yet been customized to what he sees. I'll say it again. He has bought us with a price, Pastor Debo. He has bought us with a price, 
but he has not yet come to redeem us. And redemption here is contextual because there's redemption that is finished even within the context of the New Testament. But in Ephesians chapter 1, he told you that even though we were bought with the price, he gave the earnest of the Spirit until the redemption of the purchased possession. That means it has been paid for, but it has not yet been redeemed. And the reason why it has not yet been collected is because it has not yet been customized according to the price of what was paid for it. Are, are you understanding me tonight? So until God sees the fullness of what the blood of Jesus paid for, the Bible says, and God in bringing many sons unto glory made the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. What is the measure of their glory? Listen to this, sit tight. The Bible says, them that he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So that Jesus, the pattern son, might be firstborn among many brethren. Listen, the measure of our glory is everything we see in Jesus. So let me say something that should not leave you. I said again and again in several places... That what Jesus did on the earth was not to reveal who God is. He did on the earth to reveal what man is supposed to look like. I'll say it again. So, everything you read concerning Jesus in his earthly ministry is not who God is. Everything you read concerning Jesus in his earthly ministry is what man is supposed to be. That is the reason why he said, Father, all that you have sent me to do, I have done. Glorify me now with yourself. The glory that I had with you before the world began. No, 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 you didn't hear me. I'll say it again. Father, Everything you have asked me to do, I have finished. Glorify me now with yourself. And yourself is the glory that I had with you before the world began. That means everything I did and finished, I did not do it in the fullness of my glory. So I laid aside my glory to come here. So when I walked upon the sea, it was not according to my glory. It was with my glory laid aside. When I raised the dead, it was not according to my... It was with my glory. When I turned water into wine, it was not according to my glory in my positioning in the God. I had laid my glory aside. Now that I have done that one, Father, now that I have finished that one, give me back my glory. That means the pattern of Christ that you read in Scripture. I love that man of Calvary. See, he has done so very much for me. 
He has forgiven me all my sins and He sent the Holy Ghost to live in me. I love that man. Listen, because if you don't get this, you will not get why there is a veil that makes that almost every time the Spirit of God rumbles in a city, we stay around the things that are minimal because we are not expecting the maximum ex expression of Jesus. So somewhere in our minds, there is a veil that remains untaken so that every time, sir, we read about the Lord Jesus, we leave him in his class and tell ourselves we are trying. At least I am the most recognized man of God in Abelkuta. I was not called to be the most recognized man of God. My calling is to become like Jesus. So you can call me a celebrity, but I am not permitted to celebrate what has not attained the fullness of the image of Christ. Because men celebrate what has an impact on them. And you cannot change that. Yet, you who is making the impact cannot be celebrating what is not up to the standard. Please, recently I began to warn my people. And I said to them in very clear terms, when you read scripture, be careful with the word like and with the word as. Because every time you see the word like and you see the word as, you see the extent of what is available. Now, the problem is that there is an insatiable desire in the average human being to stand out from among men. And most times, when he stands out from among men, he arrives at some level of false satisfaction. Today, I come against that veil in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you the truth. Because these are passages are passed by, by God's grace. Where you are standing in a place and you are the greatest in a family, greatest in a clan, soon greatest in a city, there may be greatest in a nation, there may be greatest in a continent. And with every greatest, ooh, you are tempted to, according to Jeremiah chapter 2, Leave the fountain of living waters and create for yourself systems or standards. Please hear me closely. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Abelkuta, are you hearing me tonight? Because at the end of the day, sir, nobody will clap for us for being the greatest in our generation. They will clap for us for fulfilling all that was written concerning us in the books. And if my generation celebrates what has not attained the standard, Philippians is a very deadly book. Paul had written nine books before he wrote the book of Philippians. And by the time it was, no, ten books. I think Philippians was about his eleventh book. It was in Philippians he said that I may know him. It was in Philippians, he said, I want to take hold of the reason why he took hold of me. That means you can be a generational celebrity 
and not apprehend the purpose for which you were apprehended. And there is no way you can receive full divine reward if you have not apprehended the reason why you were apprehended. When I understood God's pattern of eternal reward, my ears and my eyes closed from the accolades of men and focused on my work. And I'm not talking about my work as in ministry. I'm talking about my work as in knowing God. Because knowing God is a by, ministry is a byproduct of being with him. Please hear me and hear me very closely. So that you understand what the target is. And I believe that when we understand this target, it will not be unto condemnation. It will become the stirring up that Abekuta needs. That between now and the next 360 days before the next Abekuta Believers meeting is convened, we will hear of miracles on the streets, miracles in the corners, miracles. Sir, if I tell you some of the things I found out reading the standards of Jesus, one of the things I found out was that Jesus never organized a meeting to do healing. So no worship team ever sang the presence and set the atmosphere. Take it from a worship leader. It means that great as these things are, they are signs that we have not yet attained. Because when we attain, we will become carriers of the presence. We don't need an external motivation and an external generation. The atmosphere does not need to be set for God to do something. Because your showing up is the atmosphere. Those are the things that make that you cannot stop praying. Those are the things that make that you cannot stop pressing. Those are the things that make that you cannot stop seeking his face. Because even if you saw a miracle yesterday in a great miracle crusade, you are saying to God, you have done great things, but Lord, which day will I not need a crusade? I was preaching in an echo church two months ago and I told them, I said, sir, do you realize that when Jesus attended church services, he was not given a front seat. He was not in the Sanhedrin. He was not in the council. He was not even recognized. The highest function Jesus was ever given in a church service was Bible reading. You didn't hear me. And it did not stop him from effectually delivering God to his generation. Listen, one other veil that God is staring today that veil that measures the working of God in meetings like this. Because God will be doing mighty things, even mightier things than our gathering like this. I love it when believers gather. When I walked into this place, I was awed. I was joyed. I rejoiced in my spirit. But a greater joy for the Father is for everyone who convened in this meeting to carry the essence of the meeting to every street, to every house. To every sick corner. I came to stay of faith in something. I came to tell you. Listen. But hear this so that you don't get this thing wrong. Don't wait until then to start representing God. Start representing him now as you desire to get there. 
I wish somebody heard me. So after this meeting, if you found the sick on the street, don't invite them to church. Lay hands on them. If it doesn't work, invite them to church and walk away saying to God, Lord, how long? How long will your promise come to pass in my life? You said these signs and follow them that believe. Lord, I believe. When will it come out of me? The next time you see a sick man, try again. I, I wish somebody heard me. The next time you see another sick man, do what? The least you owe God is to try. You don't answer prayer, he does. And at the end of the day, it is not your name, it's his name. So it's not your shame, it's his shame. I wish somebody heard me. If you heard me, you'll be delivered from shame right now. I said right now. I said right now. What I mean by that is there's no shame in laying hands on somebody and the person did not re recover. No shame in it. In the name of Jesus, rise up. He did not rise up. Excuse me, sir. I did not say my name. It was the name of Jesus. So, if there's anybody who is embarrassed here, I'll keep doing it until I see it. I've seen God do a few mighty things. I've seen a few deaf ears open. I've seen a few short sights corrected. I've seen a few SS become a. Let me tell you the one that will shock you. I've seen a few disvergent girls revergent. I've seen two. I've seen it. I've seen it in my lifetime. I've seen it in my ministry. I've enjoyed the goodness of God, but I'm careful about the extent. What is available? To, I will not take what I have gotten and forget what is available. I wish somebody was hearing me tonight. I celebrate what God has done in my life because it is done by grace. And yet, I am not satisfied. I will not leave the fountain of living waters and create for myself systems. Broken systems that will not satisfy. Fame is a system. Your face on a poster is a system. Uh, if you hold on to it too tight, it will feel like a pseudo-satisfaction. Then every time they ask you, you will be measuring yourself with your generation. And the Bible says comparing themselves with themselves and not wise. Please hear me. As I make my progression into the sound of heaven. So I found out, sir, that with every revival, I am forced to remember what are God's standard. I said the first one is that the Holy Spirit and the bride must say come. That means the Holy Spirit, the one who was given to perfect the bride, and the bride that is now perfected, must look at heaven and say, come. The second one, which I had mentioned in passing, is that the church must attain to the fullness of the image of Jesus. That begins my story and my journey into the sound of heaven. Please hear me and hear me very well as we have found help of God tonight. Listen to me. In John 14, Jesus and his disciples had an altercation. And the altercation started on the strength 
of a statement Jesus made. In verse 1, he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, because in my father's house, there are many mansions. Actually, literal Greek, there is room for many sons. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. Then he said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be with me also. Please listen to this possibility because the time is short tonight. I cannot take the time in scripture to prove it. But listen to this possibility. I found out that this is how veils work in scripture, sir. That the moment you already bear an impression concerning any scripture, you will interpret everything else in that scripture according to that impression. So the average impression or the impression the average Christian has about that scripture was that Jesus was talking about heaven. Aha. So <clears throat> that's why many people died and went to whatever they went to. And they found Jesus still building people's mansions and waiting for people to give offerings and tithes on the earth so that Jesus the bricklayer can carry a few blocks. Meanwhile, he did not say, my father is building many mansions. Even if he was talking about mansions, he said, in my father's house, they are. Oh, you didn't hear me. He didn't say, my father is building. He didn't say, with each child that gives his life to Christ, my father begins. <laughs> Part of the reasons why you think the way you think is because you don't know the hope of God. God is so hopeful that... He breathes life into every man that comes into the world. The Bible says concerning Jesus in John chapter 1, this is the light that lightens every man, not everybody again Christian. He lightens every man that comes into the world. So he said, to him that overcometh, I will grant that his name shall not be blotted out. I'm coming. Eh. What you did not write, you cannot blot out. That means with every man that is born, God writes his name in the book of life. Hoping that the man will make the decision to agree with life. It is when the man arrives at the end of his life, not having surrendered to Jesus, that God painfully blots his name out. That's how hopeful God is. That's how faithful God is. I wish you heard me. He's a faithful God. That's why he said he's not willing that any should perish. So by faith, he already wrote name. That Muslim that you condemned, God wrote his name in the book of life. That armed robber that you are not willing to preach to because his own badness has gone beyond the blood of Jesus. God wrote his name. That your sister that is everybody's trouble in your family. God wrote her name. It is at the point of death that if she does not acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus, then as she loses life, her name is blotted out.
if you understand it, then being like Jesus, be Daniel, you will never give up on anybody. <laughs> Elohim, eternal one. Elohim, you never fail. Elohim, eternal one. Somebody heard me. Somebody heard me. I said there's a stature. It's a stature to attain. I need to be sure that somebody calling you is not a distraction. Access to WhatsApp is not a distraction. Um, that you understand that at your level, what you basically need phone for is so that if you lost somewhere, we can call you. It is the maturity to understand what level of life she is in that qualifies her for a phone. 
So that status, when she leaves it, and I see it, then I accept it, then I certify her. So, sonship is status and acceptance. So it is the father who looks at you and says, you have grown enough to handle some big stuff in my kingdom. Jesus didn't tell them that there's room for many children. He said there's room for many sons. Then he said, so that where I am, the stature I have attained, the acceptance I have with the Father, you might arrive there also. Then he said, so I go to prepare a place for you. Then he said, where I go, you know. And the way, you know. That's where the problem started. Now listen very carefully. Then the disciples said to him, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Then Jesus said to them, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. He said, no man comes, not to heaven, to the Father, except by me. Hear this. Then they said to him, Master, this long story you are doing, Philip said, show us the father. And he said, not for us. Then Jesus was offended. Go and read it. Jesus took offense. Jesus said, Philip, have I been with you this long? And you have not seen the father? Or have you not known that I and the father are one? And that if you have seen me, Sir, what he said is no man comes to the Father. I and the Father are one. Then he was praying John 17. He said, as you and I are one, Father, make them one in us. Now, I and the Father are one is equals to if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Make them one in us is equals to if you have seen them, you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, this is a shortcut to this message. Is anybody understanding it? That's why that was about the final prayer he prayed. That they may be one. And while we were thinking, Jesus was saying that we may cooperate with one another. Because, sir, our unity is not in cooperation, it's not in uniformity. Our unity is in conformity to Christ. Hey. Brother, with the golden tie, come and stand here. My sister, stand up. I'm standing. Sir, please, would you? You are, you are within proximal range. You, in the... No, just stand where you are, sir. No, you stand by the pulpit. Stand there, man. Stand up, stand up. The brother of the Ankara, drop your Bible. Let us all conform to Christ. One, two, three, go. You will not hurry up. Stop, sir. You will not hurry up. You see, your distance is far. So sometimes because of how far you are, that's why God has to slow us down. Because in Ephesians 4, till we all Somebody tap your neighbor and say, don't slow us down, don't slow us down. Somebody say, don't slow us down, don't slow us down. Sorry, man, sir. Let's continue this pursuit. Oh, yeah, hurry up, hurry up. 
Now, come back. Come. Come, sir. Come. Now, stop. Stop. Are we closer to each other? Are we closer to each other? Do we understand what we are saying better than when we were standing where we were standing? But our cooperation did not come by. Our cooperation came by. By the time all of us are here, when he talks, I understand it. It's part of the reasons why we are trying to understand each other and we're cracking our heads. There's no need. Keep going towards Christ. And even if your brother is doing something wrong, encourage him to keep going towards Christ. If we all keep going, we will soon arrive at the place. Because the Bible says we will all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to the stature. Thank you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. So, Jesus said, make them one in us. That means the same way I have represented you completely, let them be able to represent us completely. And so, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he went to the cross. And in the cross, he died. I'm going to have to do this very fast because my time's up. Listen, in the cross, he died. In dying, he shed his blood. And then, this when you go home, study Hebrews chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 4. Paul tells us that Israel's attempt at reaching God in the wilderness is exactly the same with our attempt to reach him now. He said, but the word that they heard did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. So he said, those of us who now have the present promise of God, is anybody still hearing me? Hey, is anybody still hearing me? He said, those of us, sir, who have the present promise of God should not think that we can escape. So hear this. God wants to bring many sons unto glory. But he's waiting for the sons to mature. Then Jesus died to quicken the level of their maturity. Now, in the story of Israel, one day, Israel said to Moses what God had always desired. Moses, is it only you God we talk to? And Moses, in the election of the 70, when he was distributing of his spirit, had made a declaration that God heard and God answered in joy because when two people were outside the tent and they got filled with the Holy Ghost too and began to prophesy Joshua said these guys did not keep to the order they are not in the tent stop them then Moses uttered he said I wish that all the Lord's sons were prophets and that they all prophesied so in Joel, God promised what Moses had prayed for. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh and all your sons and daughters will prophesy. And even upon the handmaidens and the bond servants, the, the spirit will come. 
And of course, you know that in Acts chapter 2, where the sound of heaven is taken from, God answered. But hear this. So Israel met Moses and said to Moses, is it only you God will talk to? And Moses went and reported to God according to the order of his meekness. And then God said to them, God said to Moses, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So tell Israel, sanctify yourselves. After three days, I will show up. Listen. So Israel took a fast, including their animals. And God said that everybody should stay away from the mountain. That even if it's an animal that touched the mountain, no human being should touch anything that has had contact with the mountain. So if an animal touches the mountain, they should make sure they kill the animal, but they should kill it by a dart. It must be trust through with a dart. Meaning nobody must associate himself with anything that touches the mountain. Listen to this. Ah, because of time, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul told us that that rock was Christ. Now follow me. Because I want you to see the sound. When you see the sound, then you will permit the, the sound. Because listen, ooh, if I stretch this, what I was actually trying to say in case I don't get there, is beyond tongues, you must pray in tongues until you arrive at prophecy. And prophecy is the place where you are hearing what the mind of God is and declaring it. That's why Paul said, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in my understanding also. That also there is not, I'll pray in the spirit, then after I'll pray my understanding. No, I will pray in my understanding out of what I have found in the spirit. So, Pidanias, it's not complete if we do If we do this for 10 hours, it's not complete. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish I could show you one scripture. One scripture. One scripture. I, I wish I could show you one scripture. You must do it and focus the energies of your mind upon it until you hear what the Spirit is praying through you. I give to you Romans chapter 8. The Bible says that the Spirit bears our infirmities. For we know not what we ought to pray for, one problem, and how we ought to pray for him, the second problem. He said, but the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The problem is that you stop there. The next verse said, and he that knoweth the hearts, or he that searcheth the heart, knows what is the mind of the spirit. Because the spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He that searcheth the heart there, sir, cannot be the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit that is praying. The Holy Spirit cannot be searching heart. The Holy Spirit cannot be searching his own heart. Because the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, is the custodian of all of the secrets of God. So, scripture was simply saying, while the Holy Spirit utters from inside you, if you search to know what he is, if you search to know, so, a strange burden rests upon you. You don't know what you are praying for. But if while you are praying, you are saying to God, what is this? What? What is this? You will soon hear what the 
you will, it will burst out of you. And father concerning my mother, then you know it was your mother the Holy Ghost was praying. Or else you'll be praying like that. Makoda, Liabara, Zeshetebaida, Ebra, Abekuta, 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 Nakoba, Sataba, Sataba, Diabarana. You will be saved. You didn't plan to pray for Abekuta. What you heard was the groaning of the spirit. We've got to close it down. What you heard was a groaning spirit. That means, listen to me. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, don't pray, don't pray mindlessly. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. If it's the love of God, your soul has to be involved. So while your spirit is praying, you can't permit your soul to be traveling and thinking, what am I going to eat for dinner? Out of the ashes, out of the ashes. Out of the ashes. It's when you were hearing it. Now, let me tell you something that comes with praying like that. Whatever you pray like that, you are guaranteed will be answered. I'll close there. Listen. Whatever you pray like, the reason is because the reasons for unanswered prayer, James chapter 4, is that you pray out of your lust. You pray to satisfy your own desire. You pray to set yourself above. So to keep all of those things aside, you travel from the flesh and travel into the spirit. The Bible says God is spirit and they that worship must worship him in spirit. Now, if this is spirit, if this is spirit, it means I cannot stand here to pray. It means the first journey of prayer is that's why your earliest journey in prayer comes with a lot of distraction. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Your earliest journey in prayer comes in the midst of a lot of distraction. The moment you make the final ascent, you will watch how God will capture your mind. He will put it in one place. It's from this place that you can now begin to hear what the spirit is actually praying. And if you are privileged to hear what the spirit is praying, you will have an unquenchable hope concerning that matter that the spirit prayed through. Because the spirit does not pray according to wish. He prays according to the will of God. Listen, let me say it the way it will even offend you. If your mother is sick and you took prayer for her, let me tell you, if you were going to pray from here, the prayer is one, Father, heal her. Even if she's 89 years old, even if she's 95, because she's your mother, the sentiments of being your mother makes that the prayer is one. But when you start to pray, now notice, 
it is harder to ascend in matters that you have sentiments concerning. It's part of the reasons why when it is a matter that you have sentiments concerning, take a brother with you. Hey. Because if two of you will agree as touching anything, see, agree is not, brother, let us agree that my mother will not die. No. Agree is to ascend and meet with God. Forgive me, man of God. I'm dragging up under. Is anybody still here? This is what agrees. So, God has a position in the matter. Please, sir, let's do this one more time. I'll not drag you again. It's my last dragging of a servant of God. Please hear this. Brother, my mother is sick. Let's agree. Listen, we can stand here and make decrees. If it is not after the will of God, no angelic host is under any obligation to fulfill it. No matter how fired up we felt when we were praying. Sir, these are the reasons why believers, listen, one of the strongest holds of Satan against believers now is the question in your mind, does God even answer prayer? Because you believe that you have prayed a number of things, a number of times, and they have not come to pass. And yet Jesus, in confidence, stood in John 11 and said, Father, I thank you because you hear me always. That means there's no prayer he prayed that the father didn't answer. So, sir, you don't have a sentiment concerning the matter. So, you are the one dragging me. It's my mother. Hold on, sir. Hold on, sir. Have you noticed that if you like a girl, do I have a few young people here? If you like a girl and you want to toast her, is, is anybody still here? If they tell you, have you asked the will of God, you get offended. I know the will of God. They tell you, I, I, I know the will of God. You know the reason why? Because your soul is involved. Find a friend that speaks better than him. He has no sentiment concerning the matter. Let him drag you on your way up. And it's not his daughter in the Lord. He doesn't want you to marry her. Do you understand? No sentiments. If you find a person who doesn't have sentiments but loves your life enough not to see you get destroyed. Oh, the brother. I said, brother, on this matter, I like this girl already. And I know the will of God. If you ask me to pray, I'll pray from here. Lord, bless her. Give her to me. Bless her. Give her to me. Oh, Lord, bless her. If there's anything left, leave me. I'll finish it. Some of you become the Holy Ghost in the life of people. Is anybody hearing me? But if he has no sentiment, please, sir, ascend. You see, he's dragging me into the will of God. When I stand here, the will of God is clear. There's no confusion about it. Lord, take her away and give me peace. I wish you heard me. When you arrive there, you will know that tongues is tongues. But the circle is not complete until tongues becomes prophecy. That's what Paul was explaining in 1 Corinthians 14. When he said, if I speak in tongues, I speak in tongues. I even thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. 
But if I speak in tongues, how are you edified? He said, but if I say one word of prophecy, that means that the circle of prayer is not complete until the voice of God is heard. I decree today that every veil that has kept the will of God away from you be turned in the name of Jesus. And that everything that has stopped you from praying until you hear God clearly, let it be taken from you in the name of Jesus. That God will plant and establish people in your life that have no sentiments, that will follow the will of God with you, that will stand with you until all that God has said concerning your life comes to pass in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord praise everywhere.